0: You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Only the all-powerful personality of super chef Josh Capon could hijack my podcast intro. Listen up. DOTJ podcast now with over 100,000 downloads.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Josh Capon, and we are here with John Coyle on DOTG Radio, also known as a podcast. Uh, my name is Josh Capon. I've known John Coyle for, I would say, Upwards of 20 years, is that correct? He's that, laughing over here, is, by the way. That is true. It's D-O-T-J, drinking on the job. D-O-T-J, drinking <laughs> yeah. on the job. I think he's laughing because this is his podcast, but yeah. as I normally do, I'm grabbing the reins <laughs> and we're just going to ride into the sunset on this bad boy. But all kidding aside, I'm excited to be here, John. Thank you, John. John just drove out all the way to New Jersey <laughs> to to accommodate my very busy schedule these days. But in return, I did just prepare a very
0: nice lunch Amazing for Amazing lunch. Yeah, it was a uh, shrimp salad with watermelon. Uh, some kind of
1: Vietnamese chili dressing. Yeah, some crushed peanuts Incredible. in there, some oh. tomatoes, you know, light so and healthy, good. refreshing for the summertime. But, you know, when somebody comes to your house to shoot a podcast, first, you feed them lunch. And Agreed. now, as John Coyle would, he just cracked a beautiful <laughs> bottle of wine. Yes. And which, here we are.
0: We're going to talk about it. So, uh, I got I to, gotta, like, sing your praises for a little bit. I've known you 20 years. I've come to your restaurants. Um, you're the executive chef and partner for, for multiple of my favorite restaurants. Um, and... Uh, just just bringing much joy to me over the years, and uh, I'm so excited. You have a new project that you're part of. We could talk about that. Um, the wine we're going to drink today is Rock Rockpile Zinfandel. I match the wine to the person, so it's a big... Uh, beautiful wine, twelve hundred feet elevation, fastest approved AVA are you wine in history. Big, are
1: you trying to say I'm big, bold, and beautiful? Bi- big,
0: bold, beautiful, spicy, I'm a rock pile. and says something. And Clay Morton, oddly enough, he's a sports guy. Played football for Oregon, so I knew you'd like that I like too. That. So let's go, cheers! <laughs> well, cheers to, uh,
1: to health and happiness these days. Of course, to health and thank you for your friendship and and your loyalty over the years because I will say what I love most about the restaurant business is the family and friends that that I would say that the the clients or the customers that become your family and friends and always seeing you at the sushi bar with my buddy Peter Cassell and the rest of your T. Edward family like when you guys are there it just makes everything it makes everything feel right uh, so, thank so, you thank you cheers
0: um so I I gotta we gotta give people a little bit of a backdrop I know you went to school And in in college, and you started cooking for your buddies, and you found your love of chef food, much like Mark Forgione did. Same thing. Everyone stoned all the time. you know that? You know that. I I do a little bit of my research. Plus, I've known you for for a long time. But what people don't know about you, because people, that use the American chef. We're going to talk about the Burger Bash, and you're winning the competition. What people don't know about you is that you were in in, in Europe. You were in France, and you were traveling through Europe, and you were uh, cutting your chops behind some of the stoves uh, there. Uh, before
1: you ventured back to New York City, your hometown. So, so very true. Um, I, I began my, my, my education at the University of Maryland. Hmm? Let's go, Maryland! <laughs> so, I, I am a turp at heart, but I like to say I made a very mature decision at a young age, uh, after two years at Maryland, where I was doing a whole lot of nothing, to be honest with you, right. and I had to declare a major. And at, the, at the time, I declared my major to be agronomy, And my parents called me up who were divorced, as well as my stepfather, they called me up on a a three-way call, um, and they said, what are you doing about a major? And I said, I tried to say it with a straight face, because to be honest with you, who knows what I was doing at the time, (laughs) but I said, uh, I said, I am majoring in agronomy, and my mom said, it got very quiet, she goes, what is agronomy? (laughs) And again, with a straight face, and telling my buddies in the background to shut up, I said mom, agronomy is the study of the soil and the conservation of the environment. Like, look at me now, mom. You should be really proud of your son. (laughs) And it got quiet for a second, and then my mom, who very rarely curses, she says, what are you going to do, be a fucking forest ranger in Montana? (laughs) And you know, I think about that now, and I'm like, would that have been so bad? Would that have been so bad, mom? Because, like, honestly, no, because I wound up working six nights a week in the restaurants in New York City. So um, she said to me, look, you know, culinary, your your, your, your um, college education is not cheap. You know, why right. don't you really figure out what you want to do? And we have an idea. And they came and picked me up the next day. And they took me on a tour of Johnson & Wales University in Rhode Island. And honestly, something just clicked. Something just clicked inside yeah. of me. And I said, you know what? Every job I've had since I was 14 or 15 years old was a busboy, dishwasher, uh, bakery, uh, line cook. Right. And something just clicked. And I said, you know what, guys? I'm out of here. I love you all. I don't need to waste another two years here, and I transferred to Johnson & Wales in Rhode Island. I, I partnered with my roommate Mark Roth, who was in a similar situation coming out of BU, and I got straight A's. I had a great time. I, I fell in love with food, which I always have been, and it just uh, it just paved the way for the rest of my rest of my life. And and upon graduation, I wound up going to Colorado with a buddy and getting a job out there for the season. I left. With two hundred bucks in my pocket, I came home nine months later with forty bucks in my pocket. I supported myself the whole way. I worked outside of Vale and Beaver Creek at Splendido at the Chateau. I came back. I got an externship with Charlie Palmer at Oriel. I worked with David Burke at Park Avenue Cafe. Uh, I opened up the Lennox Room. I ran Alva. I worked with Matthew at Matthews. Uh, but one of those one of those life changing moments was when David Burke and this is this is pre. This is 1995. Call it. Wow. This is pre-internet. This is pre-email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And David Burke came into the kitchen one day. He called all the cooks together. He said, "Hey, um, who wants to go to Germany and cook?" And my my hand immediately shot up. I mean, my dad was a big. Um, um, my dad was a big. I'm gonna obviously I'm getting emotional right now because yeah. my dad died. Yeah. Um, but my dad was a big force in my culinary journey and teaching me. You can go anywhere in the world and get a job. Yeah. So my my hand immediately shot up, and Burke threw me a big old envelope with a whole bunch of stuff in there. And he had met a chef by the name of Martin Burke on a venison on a Savannah venison campaign in New Zealand. And turns out his brother wanted to come here to cook, huh. so they wanted to do an exchange. Oh, that's apartments, great. apartments, great. and jobs, and everything. Wow. Okay. And I, I had seen in the kitchen. I was there for two years at the time, and he literally sent me threw this whole package at me, and I started started literally mailing this guy. And we, I wound up leaving a month or two after, and I worked in a small town in Germany called Dinkelsbuehl with a moat and like a, a, the jaw the bridge and all that kind of stuff, like a whole other world. And it was an incredible journey, not in just in my culinary journey, but in my life. Obviously, I learned a lot about it by myself, and I met new people. And I wound up working in Germany for about six months. And then he called me into the office one day. He goes, Okay, you've been here for six months. We love you, but what do you really want to do? And I say, I've always wanted to cook in Italy. I, I always say, I think I was Italian in a former life. <laughs> and I think I was Mexican before that. <laughs> um, and he goes, Great, I got a bunch of friends. We're all part of this like it was called the Jeune Restaurant Tours of Europe, young restaurant tours of Europe. Right. And he opened up the door for me and I, I got on a train and I packed my bags and I wound up going to France, Italy and France and, and Spain, and it was just an incredible journey. And but this so would say people every... don't
0: know this about you. They tend to think yeah. you as the burger guy, I'm the, burger the steak guy. guy. Uh, I mean, but your love of food, I have to tell you, I can't imagine you doing anything but this, but this because you like you you have such energy. I mean, you're like Lugazi, Emir Lagazi times ten, and but it's sincere and it's truth. And the reason why you're successful is two reasons: you work your fucking ass off. And you genuinely love food. When you're at the restaurant and you're working and you're going to see tables, table, you exude it and it's truth. And people, I always say, have a bullshit meter and they go, this guy's the real deal. By the way, odd segue, Rockpile, partner, Palmer.
1: Clay Morrison is best, oh, awesome. is
0: best friends and partners up with Charlie to make some wine. That's great. So how's Listen, that? Charlie for, was one kind of the first
1: guys I worked for. Yeah. He, you know, I'll never forget. I went to interview for the externship. There were nine people that interviewed, and I got the job. Right. So and I learned a lot from him. You know, but there's no question about it. Look, I'm, I'm obviously. I think we're all emotional these days, and obviously I'm gonna get emotional probably during this whole interview. But like, I appreciate that. You know, like right. I, I was at the table the other night for dinner with with my new partner Gary V. And we're going around the table and we just, you know, we have this thing where it's one conversation because if you go out to dinner with a bunch of people, it's very easy for everybody to just break off into conversation. So we were 12 people at the table and, you know, he's got a thing where round tables only and one conversation. So everybody asks a question and you go around and you answer the question. And it's a great way, whether it even six people, just to keep the whole table. That's why you go out to dinner. Yes. I tell my wife all the time, I won't go out to dinner with, with more than six people because it becomes two four tops so quickly. The four and, guys and the four girls.
0: And if you're stuck next to the guy who's, yeah. uh, you know, he, he's an undertaker for a funeral parlor yeah, not, he wants to talk guy. about embalming fluid, <laughs> we, we have an issue.
1: <laughs> so so he, ha- he has this thing where it's one all conversation right, and one right. of the questions I got asked that night and he's like, he said, if you could do anything else except for what you do, what would you want to do? And and I know it sounds like whatever, but like honestly, I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. My whole life revolves around food. I mean, since you've been here, my next door neighbor Frank just came over and picked yes. up some extra salad <laughs> yes, I have. Did. <laughs> my my neighbor Lauren's coming over because that's it's just you know, she's gonna come pick up a little bit of salad because just food connects all of us. I don't care where you are from, where you are from, I don't care what nationality you are. We all, we all celebrate around food. We all mourn around food. Yep. We all, you know, dinner dinner is an important thing. You know, I grew up having to be home for Shabbos dinner, right. Friday night dinner, and you know what? It was a time to get the family together to connect. Yeah. Put We didn't have phones back then, but no phones. You know, my dad just passed away. His shiva was a celebration of life and a celebration of food, yeah. and call it crazy, call, call it crazy, because it is crazy, the most memorable thing that anybody brought to my dad's shiva, you ready for this? Yeah. Cross the border, Taco Bell. <laughs> my buddy Jared wow. Goldstrom showed up to my dad's shiver with a hundred tacos from Taco wow. Bell. And at first I looked at him like it was almost disrespectful. Yeah, like are you? I go really dude, you want Tacos? Right and my, the, my dad Shiva turned out to be like Shiva Palooza because yeah. <laughs> my dad always promised me when I go don't sit around yeah, and yeah. Just, like, just celebrate my life I'm the
0: same way man I'm gonna like I want everybody to rock 100%. star party man so we
1: were playing yeah. Anita bake in my backyard and it, yeah. was, it was just a good time a lot of tequila was drinking and he'd be proud of it but my buddy Jared showed up with Taco Bell and I looked at him like <laughs> Like, I felt, I, honestly, I'm not going to lie, I thought it was a little disrespectful. Right. It turned out to be the biggest hit to the point where another friend of mine, Eric Silverman, showed up with his wife. They were on the way to the local country club for Stone Crab Night, for right. Stone Crab Night, <laughs> Right. She literally got weak in the knees when she saw Taco Bell. She's like, oh my God, you have Taco Bell? She's like, that's like my guilty pleasure. It's a dirty secret. A dirty secret. I think she ate three tacos and she was shoving them in her face. And I hate to say it, but fast forward a few months ago, uh, Deb's mother actually passed away. So what did I bring to her, Shiva?
0: You did the repeat?
1: Of course I did. I showed up with Taco Bell. Uh, You know what? Once again... It was like it was like lowbrow, highbrow. You yeah. know what? Everybody loves a good taco. Yeah, drinking so. champagne and having having Taco Bell. Yes, bath. so you so know, food can have that effect no matter what it is. Yeah. It does need to be caviar. I totally agree. It's it's
0: a, um it's a uh we're all connected to food. I I agree. I love it. And I think anyone who's really loves uh food, they're a gentleman. And there's, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a kindness that is behind this. I'm feeding you. I am nourishing you. Yep. Right. I am comforting your you. your
1: soul. It really yeah. it is really is something it's, very comforting and you are nourishing somebody's soul and I think when you welcome somebody into somebody's house no different than when you walked into one of my restaurants right. whether it was a deviled day with caviar or a little shrimp on a skewer I mean amuse bouche is, is a gift from the chef yeah. so you know I, I always remember like I remember 20 years ago when I started the restaurants I was spending a lot of time in the dining room and my partners at the time were concerned that I wasn't spending enough time in the kitchen I was like guys come on Like, let's have some fun here yeah, you know and yeah. I remember like when you go to somebody's table I, I remember like my best friend Prussian would show up with his wife and another couple and I would bring up four deviled eggs with caviar and yeah. I'm yapping
0: you've them. done that to me
1: many times a too thousand Thank you. Times, yes. a thousand times a thousand times and you know what it never gets old no it doesn't it's a great bite no, it's oh a my God. perfect bite oh and my you know what coil yeah. Yeah. some people get more caviar than others so I'm <laughs> yes, not gonna lie of course of course. when I say VIP <laughs> eggs it's about triple the caviar because yeah, yeah. you oh, know it's so don't i yeah. never forget, like the, when my buddy would come, by the, end of his meal, by the end of the meal, his friends would say to me, hey, can we come back with our friends and will you do that thing with the eggs? Yeah. And I said, yeah. of course I will. Because let's be honest, I've said it a thousand times, there are a million restaurants in New York City. Exactly. You have to give people a reason to come back. So if it's a deviled egg, if whatever yeah. it may be, and my presence at the table, like work in the room, come on down. I'll I, say hello.
0: So I have to tell you something. Um, I have never seen somebody work a room I mean you work a room like a Vegas comic I mean you're like I'm gonna hey take how as a you compl- doing that compliment I, that's, that's a compliment okay. I mean they're just hey how are you doing we're away from hey nice to see you, you know, like you have that gift where you feel like oh shit and by the way anyone listening if you go to a restaurant and the chef comes tableside, your jaw drops and you're like oh my god this is so fucking cool I'm meeting the chef some people might think like it's being on an airplane and you just watch the pilot walk by but it's not that at all but here's, the, here's what I'm leading up to in your restaurant, you have the white coat, you have home court advantage, and you've, you have more celebrity and sports memorabilia than I've ever seen because you feel comfortable
1: walking up to because well, yes. home court, chef, yes. and who, who's saying no to you? Yes. First of all, I will tell you, the white jacket, the white chef coat, you, you just get great respect. Yes. And you know, Nobody else is wearing a white chef jacket in the room. I can't tell you how crazy I've been over the 20 years at Lore, I there, there have been fights that almost broke out at the bar by guys much bigger than me yeah. that I walk over in the white jacket. I go, guys, <laughs> over now. <Yeah. laughs> and I they could have easily both punched me in the face at the same <laughs> right. time and then beat the shit out of each other right. but there was something like nobody really wants to fight and it was like right. the white jacket and obviously yeah. you exude confidence and it's yeah. like, like sorry no problem so it's like sometimes I really wonder what I was getting myself into but listen when you work in the room and obviously when I got guys like Preston Clark behind me Amen and, and Preston, Lucas Billheimer yeah. like and yeah. Neftali, like when I know I have the, 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 the army behind me in the yes. kitchen you can't expose yourself to right. a dining room if A the food's not good and B not coming out in the time of Passion, right. so you got to have the force but you know we're a team i you know we're, we're always a sports team i always say cooking is like a, a sport but
0: this team. is why you have a following whether it's chefs and uh, people who work with you because you are the man and you treat people with such like generosity that they want to work you You inspire them but then mm-hmm. tableside, um when the chef comes over it's it's just an amazing experience so give us like who you some of your favorite celebrities that are still around
1: because you have so much memorabilia. Uh, so before you get like, to the memorabilia, yeah. I will tell you, David Burke taught me a very valuable lesson. Okay. When I worked at Park Avenue Cafe, and he used to work the room, and he was he, – listen, he, he, he is definitely my mentor, mm-hmm. um, not just in terms of teaching me how to be a great chef, but really how to have fun with food right. and how to treat people and how to treat your customers. He always said to me, on." my nickname was junior back in the day believe it or not so you say <laughs> junior just promise me one thing if you ever touch a table right when 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 a server or a manager or a chef it's called touching a table right if you ever touch a table you better make sure you touch every table near that table because if i come over to your table and you're having dinner with your wife i'm like hey john how are you what's going on here's a couple of deviled eggs right yeah. the tables around you notice that and i might be enhancing your experience but if I don't do the same to them, right. I'm actually diminishing their, their experience. Yes. like, who's that guy? Why is he getting all the free shit? Like, wh- right. who are we? Right. So so Burke always told me, you better touch every table. And, and by the end, it just became contagious. Like, you can't just touch the table to the left and to the right, because then you got to touch the table to the left and to the right of those yeah. tables. So it became it got out of control, but, no, but it was cool always just touching. and like. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've been in with like many winemakers many people who don't know you. And you come over and you could see, and these people are world travel and stuff, and they're just like, holy shit. Like, that's awesome. I mean, like, that's what it does. But it's also, by the way, big difference, you you have a chef who's kind of,
1: eh, you're like, eh. Listen, the chef is a back-of-the-house position for a reason. Most chefs don't want anything to do with the front. True. But you know what? When you go over to a table and you have that impact, and I'm sure you remember Robert Collins. Yes, Robert. So Robert Collins was was a legend. He was a little crazy, but he was a legend. He used to refer to me as Shamu, and he used to say, coming to Lore." And not seeing Capon or having presence of Capon at <laughs> right, the dining room right. was almost like going to SeaWorld and not seeing Shamu. If you go wow. to SeaWorld and Shamu's yeah. not out there, yeah. it's a disappointment. Yeah. So it became, my, it became my big tank Sorry. and my nickname was Shamu. Yeah. And I have a picture somewhere downstairs of me next to Shamu at SeaWorld, oh. which is funny. But listen, you know, one, the one thing, you know, one thing somebody told me this, um, Anthony Mack, who I have a lot of respect for. He's, he's a great actor and just a great guy. And, and even guys like Strahan celebrities are no different than everybody else and at the end of the day they almost want to be treated like everybody else granted they might want their privacy and granted they want, want to be left alone but what they don't want most of them is people fawning over them
0: right so, yes. if
1: you really just remember that we're all the same, we're all created equal, and you treat everybody with respect, if you treat non-celebrities like celebrities, you are winning. Sure. Obviously, you need to treat celebrities with a little bit of respect and make sure people aren't going over their table and get, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, I know restaurants that put people uh, of that stature in the middle of the room right. just so everybody can get a shot at them. Yeah, that's not so right either. Yeah. And even if you want know, to so buy them their dinner. Yeah. Yeah. So- so the, the memorabilia that you're getting at, and we were just downstairs in my basement. Yeah, over the 25 years of my career at, at, at Lore, at Barry Meat Company, um, all those restaurants, um, a ton of athletes came through.
0: Who's you the know. one that put you on your heels, though? Like, oh, fuck, really? Uh, go look at them yourself. Yeah, the coat's really
1: nice, white, good, all right, great. Or I'm changing my chef I mean, jacket. Uh, listen, I, I mean, whether it's it? athletes or, yeah. or celebrities, I mean, George Lucas. Like, let me tell you something. George Lucas, right? Let's be honest. George motherfucking Lucas. (laughs) I mean, that's a legend, right? Yes. I will never forget. I think it it was somewhat after New Year's Eve. Right. Or New Year's, and I used to, you know, I used to go spend thousands of dollars on all kinds of New Year's Eve memorabilia, and right. mostly, mostly glow stuff. Right? We used to light the place up. Yeah. And one of my guys, he used to sell me this company called Nico Bone. He used to sell me these like they were like lightsabers. They were right. three dollar lightsabers that you see at the clubs, like glow, like big old lightsabers. They were three dollars. They were cheap. Yeah. I had one in the office. So I literally walk over to George Lucas's table. (laughs) And I have one of these lights. It's a fake, it's a cheap plastic one. Now I actually have real ones downstairs. But I walk over to his his table with this $3 lightsaber. And I say to someone like, George, Welcome to Lord Fishmore. May the force be with you. And he looked at me and goes, that is freaking brilliant. Like, it wasn't this, this, like this, yeah. this limited edition. Yeah. And I think I might have cracked it while I was talking to him. Right. So I think you just can't be afraid of yeah. anybody. And the most important thing is, and I have, you know, over the 25 years, I was living in New York City at the time, all my memorabilia was going to my sister's house in Connecticut in and, and boxes and when I finally moved into a house, my sister said to me, you know, you're going to come get all your crap? I said, first of all, it's not crap. She goes, well, there's a lot of it. I think you should need to rent a U-Haul. So I literally picked up like all these boxes. And my wife was like, where are you putting all that? We bought a beautiful brand new house. She goes, it's all going downstairs. So we have a gym downstairs and a basement downstairs. So I so managed. So give me like
0: rattle off 10 because I saw John Walls. I saw Kevin, Kevin Durant. I've seen a bunch of football hummus. I couldn't read the script. So the most
1: important thing, by the yeah. way, is, is technically – Technically, and there's probably 40 football helmets, 50 baseballs, 70 footballs, Christ, 20 yeah. jerseys. Well, you know what it's all worth? Yeah. Technically, it's worth nothing because everything is signed to either myself or my son, Max. So technically, when you put a name on something, it's worthless. Yeah, I like to think it's priceless. And yes. I, I'll tell you something else. When you ask a professional athlete to sign something to your son, to your nephew, right. to your best friend – and they put a name on it. They know you're not hawking it on, on, on eBay. On eBay, yeah. So they write something cool. Sense. It just right. means something to them because they right. know what you're doing. If you say, hey, sign these five jerseys, they look at you like, really? Like, yeah, fuck you, off. Like, screw you. Yeah, like, no, They're not yeah. interested in that. So most importantly, rule number one, I would never ask for something on a first visit. Right. No way. You yeah. earn their trust. You earn their respect. And guys like Troy Aikman and Joe Buck and Marshall Falk and Warren Moon, like, honestly, Warren once Moon. once I hooked wow. them once, they yeah. always knew they had some place to go where, obviously, they're going to get a great meal. Yeah. They're going to be treated with respect, and they're going to have a damn good time. So by the second or third time, when I know they're coming now, because I got their cell phone, they're texting me, I would have the helmet waiting or the jersey waiting. Yeah. And guys like Marshall Falk, like, let me tell you something, Falk, Aikman, Warren, like, like... Some of the obviously best guys on the field, right. but even better off the field because you know, whether it was for charities that we were doing or my, or my tailgate with a cause that we used to do. When I said, Hey guys, I got my tailgate with a cause coming up, would you, would you mind signing six jerseys that we can raffle off? I'm like, hey, Pond, for you, anything because it literally takes them yeah. two minutes. Two minutes
0: again. I'm going to go back to what you, who you are. You're 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 people recognize bullshit. it is right, really spice
1: and brooding.
0: Because nice. I'm thinking about IOC with the big tomahawk steak. Uh, we're gonna talk about your videos, your cooking videos on Instagram. If people haven't checked these out, I mean, if you want to learn how to make like great pita chips, huevos rancheros, how to season a steak, and they're in like thirty-second clips, and the seared sea scallops with capers and and the and butter, like brilliant, like t- cooking tips for
1: people who who just are okay cooks. You can look like a badass just just checking your clips out at Chef Cape on Instagram and TikTok we're having a lot of fun and listen just like my I always consider my food to be approachable I want cooking to be approachable I want people to cook at home when you make it that way listen going out to a restaurant is a wonderful thing and it's magical when you can go out for a great meal it's also expensive you also need to travel and especially during the pandemic I think more people started cooking at home more than ever and I think if you could really teach somebody how to properly sear a sea scallop or properly sear a steak in a cast iron pan it's like what's the expression you teach some give somebody a fish you feed yeah, them for a day yeah, you know, yeah. teach somebody how to fish people want to cook people yeah. love cooking and Agreed. people love we all live in these beautiful well uh, people live mm-hmm. in beautiful homes and beautiful apartments right you should learn how to cook and absolutely bring, listen this bottle of wine that might cost 20 dollars. you go to a restaurant whatever it's yeah. a lot yeah. you know what i mean you go <laughs> yeah. to a restaurant yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coyle just gave me the big like jack that up by three my no. point is whatever a bottle yeah. of wine costs it's marked up two and a half to three times in a restaurant. Yes, right. So a $20 bottle of wine is $60. Uh, you know, a shot of tequila costs more than the bottle at home. Yeah. So people need to realize how to, uh, understand how to entertain at home. And to me, there's nothing better than having friends and family in your kitchen, putting on a cooking show in the backyard, just getting after Well, you it. do great. And
0: everyone should check it out, and I guarantee you, you'll feel like a chef after And it doesn't take much. It's Thank like you. simple techniques, but brilliant uh, execution. So uh, uh, Castell said that Dr. J, Serving. Irving yep. was it. I mean... I've always wanted, I'm a huge Celtics fan, so I remember the battles with the Sixers and Larry Bird and Dr. J, and I know Dr. J, he just seems like the kindest, coolest dude in the world. What was that like? Give me like three seconds of Dr. J. You get emotional because you know what's
1: great about it? I remember the exact night. I remember the exact restaurant. He was with his daughter and his wife, and like you just talk about class. And just exuding, just just it was something yeah. about him that that obviously is and was legendary. And I actually feel bad because I got lazy at the end. I actually don't think I ever developed and post but framed that picture to go downstairs because he signed me a ball. Um, just like I mean, I mean, listen, Jay was like, how, how many people go by Doctor Jay? Yeah, and he's not even a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So yeah, it's yeah. pretty crazy, right? Listen, Kobe too. Kobe, I was Kobe, say he was Kobe, Kobe before Kobe. End, Kobe at the end. Did you meet Kobe? the last year? Yeah, the last year he started coming to Barry Meat Company a lot. And we also hung out at the U.S. Open a lot. And he was texting me, like, coming in. And listen, even even um, uh, Steph Curry. I mean, when, yeah. when, you, when you keep the restaurant open for these guys and they know that they can just literally be honestly left alone and just enjoy their dinner and their company, and I would be the last one in the restaurant till 2 o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, I got no place to go. Where am I going? I'm going yeah. back to my apartment to watch SportsCenter. Like, yeah. you know, when, when you really give them that access and that, that comfort level, they they open up and and you'll be surprised if, yeah. you know you have real conversations and and it was really nice and and, and Kobe Kobe was obviously a legend and that hurt hard, hard, that hurt everybody, everybody. And I only knew him for a year yeah. but that yeah. was that was but Jay Kobe like they were just guys that obviously you know
0: let's go music I know you're a huge music guy
1: you know where you are. <laughs> You're in the jungle, baby. I will tell you, you know where you're going to be on August fifth, yeah. MetLife Stadium for G&R because we're coming back. All right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, music is coming back. It's fucking M- listen, awesome. Listen, my top three, my top three are food, uh, music, and sports, probably in that order. Right. You know, art, art, probably the fourth. But to me, that's what life is all about. Um, You know, whether it's Jazz Fest, you know, going down to New Orleans, eating great food, listening to great music, Um, local music festivals. You know, I I spent my whole – after work, we used to go to a place called Crossroads in the City. Sure. Uh, The Knitting Factory. Knitting Factory, Blue Note, you know, Chris Bode used to – you know, crazy – Crazy music, Irving Plaza. I've had yeah. so many memorable nights. I have a whole wall downstairs of posters, you know, from all the shows that we went to. Like to me, just going out, getting after work, like you know, working a crazy schedule, getting out at ten thirty. I used to roll up to Irving Plaza to see my buddy Jerome. Right? It didn't matter what show it was. It didn't right. matter if there were fifteen people inside for a dead cover band.
0: Yeah.
1: Or or if it was Joe Cocker, or if it was some crazy sold out unattainable like you couldn't even yeah. go in i would show up to see my buddy jerome i would have two bags of food in my hand with shrimp cocktail chicken lollipops mini crab cakes for, the, for him one yeah. bag was for him right and one bag for it was the rest of the door staff and I, it didn't matter what show was going on come on in K on <laughs> vip access up to the top so it was always a lot of fun
0: i had a um i one of my best friends is uh uh up in wellfleet he's a he was a, the white house photographer and he's a hustler like like you and and the hustle is a good thing. And I don't know if he, I was in uh Wealthy we were going with both food guys. He said there's the best place in P in um, um uh, uh Provincetown. We're going there and we go in the parking lot it's packed, can't get in and it's crazy down in the summertime. He's with his son and the guy goes, "No, no, no." He goes, "Watch." He goes, "I got to teach my son how to hustle." He gets out of the car, talks to guy, hey, "Look, we're going to be really quick. we gonna grab this. Hey, you want some dumplings? I'll grab you some dumplings." The guy goes, yeah, come on in. I mean, you could not park anywhere. He slides yep. in and he turns to me. He goes, "You got to teach your kid how to yep. hustle."
1: Listen, you, yeah. listen. A twenty dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill goes a long way. Yeah, I got to tell you, after a while, they they just can't. Food. You show somebody up Food. with some burgers. Yeah. And by the way, by the yeah. end, I knew which which who was allergic to shellfish. Yeah. Like, let me tell you something. In Brooklyn Bowl, Pete Shapiro's Brooklyn Bowl, one of my favorite places of all time. Yeah. Like, I know the door guys that were allergic to shellfish. Yeah. So they didn't get that. They didn't yeah. get the shrimp cocktail. Yeah. They got the chicken lollipops. It was just it was just my way. Of showing up like i know you've been outside all night you probably haven't eaten all night like here's a little something something yeah yeah. it was just always so appreciative and and even when those guys i always said listen uh, i always said business a business card like just come to my restaurant let me return the hospitality because when somebody's working the door all night i say bring your girl bring your family bring your friend whoever you know let me take care of you for a change and you flip it on them and they're sitting down and like it's just it's just very it's just to reciprocate yeah it's very nice yeah I, i totally agree so music. So you guys about music. Yeah. What's, what's what's the question?
0: So, uh, I guess we'll go. Uh, Somebody's passed. That uh, did you meet Prince? Did you meet uh, and somebody alive like Plant that you must have met because I so, know your. Plant
1: so fan. my favorite. My I would say my favorite band of all time is definitely Zeppelin. Okay. Um, and what was pretty cool was was Plant was performing at Brooklyn Bowl, wow. so of course I called my buddy Pete Shapiro. Big shout out to Pete. Uh, Brooklyn Bowl, the cap. I mean, this guy, this guy is just incredible. What what he's done, but you know, he, he knows what I like. He got me access to the Plan Show, and I just went, and we had an incredible time. And Robert Plan at Brooklyn Bowl was pretty damn special. Yeah. Completely randomly. Okay, I never met him that night. I right. never dropped a business card. Complete. And I took you know, listen. I, I've had so many countless memories. I'm gonna get emotional. I'm not gonna lie. My, uh. my staff like. My staff it was my family. Oh. My my servers. Yeah. Um, my kitchen. Like if I went out, I didn't yeah. run alone. Yeah, you grabbed I too. called I used to have a guy named Mr. James who had a white limo who used to just work Soho. He used to work Soho and the truth was when he had no when he had no job when he had no gigs, he would park outside of Lore. Yeah. And whether I was using him or not. He just knew he could text. If I saw him, if I saw the limo up through the windows, he was getting some shrimp or he was getting a burger. Like, who cares? I would say whether it was a VIP that needed a ride. Right. He was was like my local limo guy. I I used him for my daughter's birthday party. Like, he became family. I mean, my my wife hired him for my surprise 40th. It was like, he's family. So, so many times I would just, whoever was closing that night, whatever manager was closing, let's go. We're going to Brooklyn Ball. And we would go, we would bowl, we would eat fried chicken, we would eat French bread pizza, we would listen to music. So the craziest thing was we went that night. I took a few of them. Um, I remember it was Natalie, it was Gina. And we went to Brooklyn Bowl, we saw Robert Plant. The next night, towards the end of the night, Natalie and Gina come running into the kitchen like, okay, Bob, you're not going to believe who just walked into the restaurant. I go, who? They go, the golden god. I mean, Robert Plant just walked in with his girlfriend. Um, I, and like honestly like I, obviously i didn't skip a beat but i go holy crap shit. yeah i walk out i go huh. i go i walk out to the dining room and i screamed from across the dining room obviously you saw the movie almost famous yeah oh my I god sa- yeah. i screamed i go i am a golden god <laughs> and he just kind of looked up like you got you got it you got it listen there's one thing i teach my kids yeah, yeah. you got to make an impact yeah yeah you sure. know yeah I- remember the movie what was the movie a highlander I got something to say. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, better to yeah. burn out yeah. than to fade away. So, yeah, I'm loud. Yeah, right. I'm obnoxious. But you know what? Yeah. You want to be heard. Yeah. So through the dining room and everybody's looking, he ate, I got to tell you, he ate it up. Yeah. He absolutely loved it. And and he didn't remember, but probably three years earlier than that, he was getting into an SUV at the Mercer Hotel, which is across the street. Right. And I saw him getting into the SUV. I missed him, but I screamed from across the street, I am a golden god! (laughs) And he was about to get in the SUV, but he actually came around the SUV to see. And I go, and he gave me, you know, that's a famous line of his that was in Almost Famous. So he loved that line. I walked right up. I said, I said, said, Mr. Plan. He goes, Robert. I said, and I was sitting there with Natalie and Gina, uh, two of my managers and my sommelier. Natalie, you know. And I said, we were at Brooklyn Bowl last night, and it was absolutely magical. So you are in the right place, my friend, yeah. because we are going to style the shit out of you right now. <laughs> and literally, we sat in the vault—you know, the, the one yeah, where the people are. Yeah, private and room. Yeah. We fed him, and Natalie did her thing with the wine, and he sat there, and like literally, it was like being in a movie. Right. Told those stories of, of like being on the road, like crazy shit, yeah. and he came back the next night. Wow. And that was kind of magical. I'm That's like yeah. Oh and like, hold on, hold on. Wait yeah. for it. Wait for it. Wait for it, hold on. Okay, all Wait right. He's running
0: to get something. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is so charismatic and so powerful personality. Um, yeah, nobody says no to Cape It's just, just that simple. Oh, all right, yeah.
1: So obviously, uh, the next night, I think the next night, um, he, he said he was coming back. Yeah. He goes, you know what, I got to tell you, this is great. I'm performing tomorrow night as well. I'm coming back. I said, terrific. I sent everybody, I ran around town in Soho to try and find a Led Zeppelin cover, okay? Oh. And I found, I found this is a Led Zeppelin 4. Yeah, yeah. I found the Led Zeppelin cover. I had to wait, wait for him. And true story, by the way, is my unbelievable, gorgeous, uh, amazing wife, Lori. Yeah. We got married at the Pierre Hotel. Physical 17- Graffiti? Uh, no, this, no, is, this Ford.
0: is Ford. Ford. Okay, yeah, yeah. So
1: we got married at the Pierre Hotel 17 right. years ago, right? And I walked down the aisle, as Peter Cassell will verify, right, to the violins and the, and the cellos playing Stairway to Heaven. Wow. Okay. So I told him that, and he signed this to Josh and Lori, uh, Happy Trails. So I've uh, that's, a, that's a that is so cool copy. And then by the time this was pretty cool. So this was the picture. Of us that night oh my God, in that's the vault so awesome. at Lore, right? And he, he, he asked me what my, one of my favorite Zeppelin songs was. And I said, nobody's fault but mine. Right. And he wrote down to listen to Blind Willie Johnson, Jesus Gonna Make Up My Dying Bed, Motherless Children, with three of the songs and he, that, that, that were similar. And I have all this stuff hanging in my office, beautifully framed by my by my buddy uh, Jawad at Rook Framing, by the way. That's yeah. who frames all my stuff. So you know, life is about memories, man. It and is. you got to make them count.
0: You make memories, yeah, for sure. Hey. All right, so we're at the part of the show where we say it's time to leave. You Who's know, going? you we you, you, you're, you're going. You the big man upstairs is saying, "Hey, come see your dad. Come hang out with Kobe. He wants to play some twenty-one with you. Um, what are you gonna What are you gonna eat? And what are you gonna drink? And what are you gonna listen to? What do you eat well, on that last well, First meal? of all,
1: as much as I miss my dad, I'm not ready to see him just yet. Okay. <laughs> um, and it would be nice to see Kobe. But yeah. I ain't going anywhere just yet because I got some shit. No, you I got a lot take. of shit to do. I got some shit I got to yeah. take care of. And I got two kids and a beautiful wife and family. But that being said, as a chef, I've been asked this question before. You're asking me, what's my last meal, right? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. Um, what is my last meal? You often get asked, what's your favorite meal? The truth is, if I know I'm going. Yeah. If I know I'm going, I am going down in flames. And the truth is, I will probably eat so much that I'll be gone before I hit the chair. Okay. So, I ain't giving you one meal. I'll, okay. g- I'll give you like, okay. I'll just give me give me 30 seconds and I'll rattle off as much as I can because uh, what's that movie? These are a few of my favorite, favorite things. things. Da-na, 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 da-na. <laughs> um, dumplings. I was just in Vegas, by the way. Din, din Tao Feng. Okay. Some of the best uh, Taiwanese. Like like Dumplings. I'm a freak okay. for dumplings. Uh, pizza. Really, really good pizza. Um, obviously, there's a prime rib or a Cote de Buff in there somewhere. Um, fried chicken, uh, watermelon. You know, I yep. would probably eat a whole watermelon going down. Um, uh, maybe maybe a jelly donut in there somewhere. Yeah, your, your chipwich, um, really your good sandwich. Chipwich, yes. Yeah. I went through a yeah. year of my life where the chipwich every walk every night on my walk home yeah. until I went to the same bodega seven seven months in a row, and the guy behind the the guy behind the counter looked me up and down, and I'm a little heavy. And he looked me up and down like, like my mom used to, right? right? And he looked at me, he goes, how about a froze fruit? And I just looked like, at him, I go, really, dude? I go, my mom tells me I'm fat. My girlfriend tells me I'm fat. I fuck. need you telling me I'm fat. So I put the thing back in the freezer and I found another bodega. By fuck the way, him. fast forward, fast forward, <laughs> fast forward 10 years. I'm at Laura one night and, and I, we, you know, we serve ice cream sandwiches and I put down a tray of ice cream sandwiches in front of a guy that I have no idea who he is. And I said, you know, we got, we got strawberry shortcake, we got um, uh, what are those, birthday cake, we got whatever the flavors were. I, I, can't, I can't remember, I'm embarrassed. And then I said, of course, we got the classic chipwich. Right. And he looks at me, he goes, you just ate chipwich? I said, I did. I said, it's the greatest ice cream sandwich of all time. And he looked at me, he goes, he goes you know, I invented the chipwich 26 years ago in the my shit. basement. Shit. I said, "Are you kidding me?" I said, "You, I mean, forget about Robert Plant. Yeah, <laughs> forget about Kobe. Forget about, this guy is my, my my idol. My God!" I said, "Are you serious?" Yeah. He goes, "Yeah, twenty six years ago, I invented the Chipwich," and he busts out his Amex black card, and sure enough, it says, "Mr. Chipwich." Wow! And true story, by the way, and, yeah. and unfortunately, six months later, I actually read the New York Times that he passed away. Oh fuck! So, so what so are you yeah, drinking Chipwitch, now? Uh, drinking, I'm drinking tequila. Okay, uh, that that is my go-to. Okay. Um, I do like some really really good tequila, uh, some fresh watermelon juice, maybe a bit, maybe pineapple juice in there, some lime. Um, I do like. Listen, I I love some good wine. I think working with guys like Peter Cassell and yeah. Natalie Tapkin and, yeah. and some great sommeliers over the years. Um, you know, I, I sometimes I wish you know. Look, I have I have I try not to, but. My Probably my, one of my big regrets is I should be a master sommelier by now.
0: Right. And, wow. like, you know,
1: even even like, like Peter Gassel, who we keep talking about, yeah. was was one of the best, and, and Natalie Tapkin and Mariah and and, and Molly. Mm. Like, sure. I've been around wine. Like, you know, yeah. you, we, we have premios and we're always tasting the food. I really regret not really learning and understanding more about the wine because it's such a skill and such a not, I always told my wait staff, by the way, I said, learn about wine because one day you might be sitting at the table. Yeah you might need to impress somebody and you know what you might want to grab that list and know what you're talking about because yeah. it might be the difference of getting a job one day or just impressing Absolutely. someone it's a great education <clears throat> it's obviously a great craft you know if you haven't been out to Napa or Sonoma you know try and get there because it's a place it's a part of our country that you really feel like you're in Europe it's, yeah. it's a magical it's gorgeous. magical place
0: what are you listening to here's the hard part what's that last song
1: uh, it's definitely probably Zeppelin okay. um, as far as the song itself listen it's either Zeppelin the G&R um you know I, you know I, listen music to me okay. it's like could be the dead you know there's a lot of stuff okay. I, I i think i can't one thing i can't limit myself
0: okay so we, we gotta see, um we're gonna tell people where to find you and i'm and just tra- getting is this we're, over we're, like you, i'm no, just no, getting no, we're, t- we're gonna talk about your new project too we gotta I'm talk gonna about gonna that what's what's
1: going on so what's going on so uh, so after 21 years uh, i've decided to start a new chapter yeah. In, in the book of Cape Pond and the career of Cape Pond, and I am super-duper excited. Um, I have decided to partner with uh, a dear friend of mine named David Rodelitz, who is formerly of the Impelion uh, Restaurant Group, who moved sure. a couple miles away from me. He is a beast um, super savvy, super business savvy. Uh, we have partnered up with Gary V, yep. who is, who is a monster, um, who who started a wine company as you know called Empathy Wines. Yep. And there's a reason why he used a new, he, there's a reason why he used the name Empathy, because mm-hmm. he's very empathetic and yeah. he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Yep. Um, we started talking uh, uh, during COVID. I had him over for dinner in the middle of winter time. We were sitting outside having dinner underneath twelve heat lamps because yeah. nobody was allowed in the house. Right. Um, but we had dinner with him and and Roddy, and we just started. Talking and turns out he loves food and he's always wanted to get into the hospitality field and we just you know said how about we start a hospitality company and, and he's like let's do it and he has he has held true to his word and he has delivered on everything that he said he would and we have a heart in our logo because we're 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 empathetic we're sincere we're loving um, we also partnered with Connor Hanlon who is formerly of the NoHo Restaurant Group who I've known for ten plus years. Who was also ready, ready for a change, right? And like out of the, what is it? Out of what is it? The Phoenix, the Rising of the Phoenix, like out of something, out of the ashes, yeah, out of the ashes. Like we're we're going to try and create something very special. We have a lot of opportunities coming our way. Um, You know, Gary has has uh, hooked me up with some of his Vayner Media and Vayner Talent side, so that's where all these videos are being produced from. Which I was always a one man show. I was always doing everything on my own. Um, I was running and going to look at the restaurants. I was trying to create something, some kind of, you know, people say you should have a TV show, you should do this. Well, I was always I was always an island. So it's really nice to feel that I am supported and I have a team behind me that understands what value I bring to the table, um, that I am a bit of a personality, that I yeah. am a bit of a showman. I am a chef, but I'm also a chef personality. And Absolutely, that's something you are, that lately for sure. I am really um, embracing. And, and and loving and Good. and and feeling very rewarded for it, which is kind of nice.
0: Good. So where do they find you? Give give us your Instagram tags. Give us your website. Let's go because people got to you. Got to jump on these you videos, got people. To, impress got to. people. Yes, impress uh, people. Give them some is love.
1: At, at Chef Capon, uh, we started a TikTok account with, uh, at Chef Capon um, at v, uh, VCRgroup.com. Um, but we're going to be doing some cool stuff. I mean, so far we we've had a lot more opportunities come our way that we're able to handle, which is not a bad problem to have but we're, we're figuring it out and we're going to come out of the gates uh, a blazing
0: i want to say thanks for being on dotj podcast my friend uh, thank you there was, there was one thing pleasure. i want to mention if yep. we have, if two more minutes sure there
1: was there was you know covid was a was a crazy time and it's funny because we as we're eating that lunch i've had three other people come and pick up that same lunch that we had right and there was a group in town that we started called the tlc and it was it, was, it meant ten to fly lunch crew, but it right. really meant you know ten to care. Sure. And you know it started one day when I when I had to make a lunch for Good Morning America, and I had all this prime rib left over, and um, I wound up making like fifteen of these crazy you know steaks, and I delivered them all around town to my crew. And next thing, all these guys were like, "Look, we're all home, we're all cooking. Right. We're like we want to cook. Like how about right. you know, I made a bunch of lunches, and finally these guys were like, "How about we get to make a lunch with your supervision, with your expertise? We'll give you the idea. You, you want we want we want you to hold our hand." So it became a really fun thing. So we all started this TLC lunch crew and making great lunches. And it was like one of those things that I realize now, like we haven't done it in a few weeks because obviously I'm, I'm kind of working again. Um, but it was one of those things that, like, gets you through a tough period. It was yeah. through food and the running around. And, like, even my wife was like, what are you doing? And the truth is, you know what I was doing? I was doing what I love most. I was obviously keeping myself busy. Yeah. I was literally delivering food. Like, I used to leave here with a cooler full of whatever it was. Right. And I used to make sure everybody got that thing hot and crispy or whatever it was. Right. And to, to see other people with their wives in their kitchen cooking, and whether whether it was a pork belly mi or, or it was a crab cake or it was a seafood chowder or, you know, one of my buddy Todd, makes incredible barbecue. He was doing right. brisket sandwich it was just fun yeah. it was just fun so
0: as i said nice. i can't imagine you doing anything else you know the answer
1: by the way the answer to gary v's question when we're at the dinner I, if yeah. you could do anything else i it, I, I was close to saying a nascar a nascar yeah. driver right because I am a beast. I you yeah. know, if you ever want to get me on a go kart track, be, me and my daughter dominate. Okay. Like my daughter might be the next Danica Patrick. Wow. Like, okay. We go down cool. to Dewey Beach, we hit the go karts hard. <laughs> like I am a beast on the go kart, so I can only imagine what would happen if you got me like on a Daytona five hundred kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I did want to say that. I would okay. love to go to the moon. I think that's pretty cool too. But yeah. the truth is like food food has always been my life and I think it's been a wonderful journey. And I can only um, see I can only imagine where the next five years are going to take me. Part of me wants to be able to look into a crystal ball and see where I'm going to be in five years. and the other hand, I want to smash that crystal ball on the floor because I want to enjoy the ride and let it all unfold in front of me.
0: And you will. And I got one parting word for Jeff Bezos. Bezos, you're going to space soon. You'd be fucking insane not to take Josh Cape on with you. Have some fun, dude. You're a billionaire. Peace out. Let me tell you something.
1: (laughs) No better person to invite on a private plane than me because I yeah. show up and I cater the private plane. Strahan yeah. took me to Arizona for the Super Bowl. Um, I, 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 you take me out your private plane, I'm bringing lunch, and I cater the whole way. It's
0: all amazing. right, so you, you know his Instagram. Reach out to him if you need a, uh, a chef to for catering your, your private jet anywhere in the world. Uh, thanks for coming on, man.
1: Coyle, thank you for coming all the way out to New Jersey. Thank you for the time. Thank you for your friendship. You got good it. Good thank you, sir. Podcast.
0: Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar.